I got to talk to uh, Tommy about a month ago yeah. uh, about Room for Rent, and he had nothing but glowing things to say about you. Well, thank you. I feel the same towards him. I mean, we we really had kind of um, an ideal setup in situation, which I don't even think we knew we had. You know, sometimes you plan and you plan and you want it to be so perfect and things fall apart in some ways. And this was sort of the opposite. I mean, everything really uh, sort of fell into place. It was a small casting crew and one location, basically, and uh, well, we had a couple, but the main location was the house. And it really became sort of you know, every morning you get up and I'd go to my chair with my Kleenex, <laughs> you know, and my pencil, and you know, sort of have breakfast and do the work, and then we would start to shoot. And um, Tommy's a wonderful collaborator, and I think a really gifted guy in in many respects. So I was really excited about what we kind of revealed in in terms of story and um you know he was again he was very um very helpful to me in terms of allowing me to uh let the let that character kind of bloom and um I hope you liked it <laughs> Oh yeah I did I there there were certain parts uh your performance it was just so terrifying in one way and then very very saddening it was just this this flip-flop between the two just as uh joyce's emotions kind of go on this roller coaster i'm just like wow i am just i am so tore up watching this character either suffer or plot or succeed (laughs) really oh well that that makes me feel really excellent (laughs) that makes me feel great when, when Tommy uh, brought the script to you, because he said that you were his his one and only choice uh, for Joyce, how did he how did he pitch the script to you? Well, I was actually in the middle of shooting another film, um, and he sent me the script. I you know I did one film. The first film I did with Tommy was Hate Crime, um, and I to this day I actually have to ask him how how did we meet each other on that, and I have a feeling. He um, it was sort of based it was based on a real a real some real people that he knew and I think he thought I looked like this woman who I was playing and the you know he looked I looked like the real person to him a little bit so he reached out to me and um, we shot Hate Crime and it did really very well it was accepted into a lot of different festivals and um, very well received so I'd worked with him that one time and then. Um, I was shooting another film, and I hadn't heard from him. I mean, we didn't really stay in touch. You know, we would do the work and give each other big hugs, and we love each other, and I'll see you soon, and that would be it. You know, so it's not like I'd been um, I'd been in touch with him at all. So I was kind of surprised, too, when he sent me the material. And I didn't really like it, um, to be honest. I The way it, it was written originally, it was, you knew the end from the beginning. I mean, it was basically this woman who was a killer and she'd killed her husband and she was going to be on this. And it it wasn't, there was nothing engaging to me about it in terms of the growth of the character. Um, So I I said, I'm not interested. I really, you know, I love you and, you know, but this is not the one. So that was that. And then probably a year or so more went by and um, I was back home and he said, sent it to me. He said, would you take another look at that script? And I said, sure. You know, so he sent it over. And I reread it. 
And my only thought was, what didn't I? What did I hate about it so much? <laughs> I mean, that, that was my first my first response. And I thought it, it's not as bad as I thought it was, but it's just not interesting to me. So, um, but and, and so I called him up, and we sort of started talking, and it was kind of on. It kind of evolved as we were speaking. I said, you know, what if this woman? I mean, I said, you know, from the get go, what if this woman is not a killer? you know, that she's driven to this by circumstances. And I started sort of feeding on that, and I thought, what if this woman has been maybe held sort of captive socially by her husband, that he, you know, he, uh, she's the woman in the house, and she does the laundry and cooks his meals and sews on his buttons, and there's not much love in their life, particularly she serves a purpose for him. And we all know there's a lot of couples in the world like that, and our, you know, that... There's a lot of silent couples and women who who live that life now, right this minute, and and I thought that's interesting to me that she that when he dies, uh, you know, whether you think she killed him or not, that's up to you guys. I mean, whatever the audience may think, in my mind, she did not kill him. That he dies of a heart attack, and she's left not knowing how to navigate her life because someone has 100% kept her sort of in the kitchen, more or less. And what do you do, you know, where she's all of a sudden got debt, she has to, she goes to the bank. I mean, that, that was kind of my, I, I actually did kind of rewrite that scene, where I said, she says, I, ca- I came for some money. You know, as far as she knows, you go to the bank, you ask for some money, and they give you some money. You know, she didn't even really understand about accounts or, you know, how you, how you, how you live a, a, a modern life. And um, we, that's sort of what emerged. And the more we sort of let her evolve, um, that, was the, that was the takeoff point for me. And that, that the secret life was abuse and, um, as, we, as I said, sort of being confined to uh, her home, basically, that she doesn't go out much. There are little elements that I don't know if it reads to you guys, but um, that she's a little bit OCD. I mean, not to a point of, you know, clinical. I mean, she's clinical in a lot of other ways, but, you know, that she, the way she walks across the street or the way she walks across a curb, you know, she wears these very unattractive, rudimentary little outfits that are almost like a institutional, you know. That, and that was a choice, too. We, I talked to Paula Rogers who did the wonderful wardrobe, um, and we had a ball because I said we've got to show this character evolved through wardrobe because she and that she her her secret life is romance because she has had none, and that's what and she has the same book and that those were all my ideas so I'm very encouraged and um, and excited by the fact that those were elements that came forward in the story, um, you know that. She kind of it's like a record in her head. She replays that same book over and over. Um, that's her solace, you know. That's her. That's her love life, really. And um, that the things she does are not out of malice as much as not under out of curiosity. <laughs> you know, I mean, even that one my favorite scene in the movie, you know, is when she looks through Oliver's. Um, Toilet trees, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that just was how I mean we didn't rehearse that or anything. That just was what I thought to do, 
that these are things from someone she wants to be close to, they're intimate objects, what would you do with them? Except try to be. That's how she was going to start to feel intimate towards this person, that, that she had a physical relationship with him. And it started when she, uh, this was also my thought, when she pours him the coffee and she stirs it and licks the spoon and puts it back in the cup. You know, it's like a dog sort of marking its territory, you know. He won't ever know I did it, but I do. And Everything um, was just so new to her. <laughs> exactly. It was like she was it, discovering intimacy. Totally, totally. And, that, and thank you for that. I mean, yes, that's exactly correct. She had never had, she had no experience, zero. And the fact that she was pregnant, well, was she raped? Was it a moment where he raped her? Did she get raped by somebody else? I just wanted it to be clear that this man did not want children. And, and, and that was the final straw for him when she, when he, she, in my mind, she never even tells him she's pregnant, that it's finally he notices. Because you know, she doesn't even really know what that is. I mean, she knows, you know, I mean, that was probably the only sex she ever had in her whole life. And again, as an actress, I've sort of been trained also. You make your circumstances extreme because that gives you behavior. You know, it's not maybe. It's like this is what you have to make a choice about something. If you want a certain element in the character, you have to make strong choices about what happened that created that behavior. And um, I even wanted it stronger uh, than Tommy ended up putting in the story um, when uh, the neighbor tells um, Sarah, you know, that she, that he made her get rid of it, I wanted, I had written something stronger that he actually threw her downstairs and she lost the baby, that he was violent with her. And I still think that's kind of what, that's how I see it. You know, that's what I saw happening. So it, my hatred for my husband and is even stronger, you know, because of that. That again, it it sort of exaggerates the circumstances. So um, I forgot the question. <laughs> I got so <laughs> carried away telling you an answer. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I love, as you could tell, I love the character, and I I feel very um, emboldened and strengthened by having the choices that I saw in my creative scenario be the ones that people really responded to. I mean, that gave, even after all these years, that has given me sort of a new strength in terms of my own uh, courage, you know, really believing in that, because I get weird ideas, and I realize I'm a little bit weird, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But, But you know what? Good for me. And you know what? We all are a little bit weird but we have a face we have to wear every day, so you have to do it. But we all really, I, I, I like to believe I, I've learned how to tap in to that sort of unspoken stuff that people think about or don't want to think about, but um, put it out there, um, which is part of what you hope you do as an artist. You know, you, you try to stimulate elements in people that, that, um, that they don't stimulate for themselves often. So I love the movie. I love Tommy for letting me letting me thrive. And uh, the feedback, I've never gotten reviews like that for anything. And that's in 48 years of working. I mean, those reviews are insane. 
it's it definitely it's definitely different. It's totally. it's unlike anything that I've seen, and I get movies across my desk uh, like five a day. <laughs> wow, wow, wow! And, well, then I'm really proud. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you sometimes you get you get them. You're just kind of like, okay, it's, it's an independent movie. It's got all the independent movie tropes. Okay, okay. Then then you see this movie about Joyce, and you're just like, wow, I feel so bad for it. At the end, you're like, I'm deadly afraid of her. <laughs> That's that. You know what? That's unanimously been sort of the comment is that you sort of like her and, and want to kind of want to help her in the beginning, and then she's creepy. She she ends up being really creepy, and then she's scary. So th- that's a pretty great journey for a character when you think about it. Um, you don't you don't see that very often. You don't see a main character go through this kind of change, and she's still your only main character. That is your viewpoint into this movie. And right. you have to be with her journey no matter where it takes Whether you. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. I noticed that, uh, like, in the beginning, like you were saying, that she is very encapsulated. She is just in her own little insecure bubble through almost right. everything. Even the bad things that happen to her, she's still very contained until a certain point. Right. How did you get into the headspace that Joyce is in and, and retain it to – uh, to show it to the rest of us, that, that had to be very taxing at some point on you. Um, it, it kind, of, it is in a certain kind of way, but it's also very elating when you d- make discovery for the character. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a very mixed. It's it, acting is really, it's really hard and really fun and really um, investigative and revealing. I mean, it reveals to me about myself some of the time. Um, and the best part, the best times for me are when I surprise myself, when I sort of follow the story, um, because you can't just be, you know, there's a million ways to play the same scene or to say those lines or whatever it is, but to be true to the story that you're telling. And when there's moments that surprise me, those are those are the most exciting for me as an actress. Um, the... The one thing that was written, actually I forgot to mention this, the thing that made me want to do this story with all the sort of routine blah, blah, blah that was in it and the dialogue was okay, but it wasn't, I thought there was, we, we, we emboldened it a little bit when we went, as we did the scenes. It was written in the scene that in the scene with the guys, with the boys who, who harass her sexually, it was written that she kisses them on the mouth. And <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. I mean, I just thought that was brilliant. For that response, for this writer to have that be her response was almost out of character with with the rest of the way everything was written. But that moment, I went, oh, my God, that's incredible. And the only thing we changed is, um, because it said in the script that she kisses him on the mouth and he slaps her. And I said to Tommy, she slaps him back. And that's what, that's what, that's what, because she could have retreated, but she mm-hmm. didn't. That was the moment that breaks her back, and and that she acted out. It was a violent thing she did against. You know, there was violence being perpetrated on her. She reacted in kind in a very unsavory, un un. I mean, that's all, this kid's like a what a fourteen, fifteen, sixteen year old kid, and mm-hmm. she's you know, and that she grabs him and kisses him on the mouth. How disgusting but it is the perfect response to what was happening and um that scene 
had one of those moments for me that crossed over where it your body I also often say this your body does not know you're pretending you know your mind you can you know you, you keep yourself safe by recognizing you're telling a story and you're you know you're you're acting but your body real things happen you start sweating you start shaking your adrenaline pumps up to volumes you you know you're that are unexplainable and um that that was one of those moments for me that was um i remember as it was happening i just it was like things sort of you know came out of my mouth and um just physically my my the physical manifestation of my my personal violation um, was really extreme, and um, I was shaking. I mean, it, it took me a little bit of time to come back from that scene. So um, it's kind of cathartic in a way, and it's always exciting too because you know that you have something that's both pretend and real at the same time. And um, so, you know, it was. Uh, it, it's a very exciting moment for an actress. When you have to kind of calm yourself down from the from the physical aspect of it, do you have a certain method that you use, or you just you just go sit and be quiet and just let it naturally come down? You kind of let it naturally come down, and I mean everybody around us, including Tommy. And Tommy is a very quiet man. Um, he's I've, I don't never heard him raise his voice. I don't <laughs> think ever. He's just that guy. He does. He he'll will speak loudly to, so you can hear him. But he's not, he doesn't lose his cool, and he's very aware at the same time of what you're going through. Um, and that's a great quality as a director, I have to admit, you know, to be able to acknowledge the truth of what it is you're trying to tell as an actress and as a character, and to also um, sort of create a safe space to relax and come down. I mean, he was aware that we needed a moment to sort of regroup. Um, and it's actually, it's interesting too, uh, the take where um, Ryan hits me. And, you know, there's a way to do a stage, it's, it's a stage slap basically. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the one who's slapping doesn't sell it. it. You're the person who's receiving the slap is what they call the one who sells it. I'm the one that flicks, you know, throws my head. He, you know, he misses me. I mean, you rehearse it enough, so there's there's a timing element where he, it looks like he's hitting you, but, but basically he doesn't touch me, and I throw my head in a certain way and re have a response that makes it look like he did. I mean, that's how it's supposed to work. Well, <laughs> in the see, in the take they used, I didn't turn quick enough, and he hit me. And, and so that was that, and it it was totally perfect. Because it was interesting, it wasn't like ow. It wasn't like one of those. It was ow. You know, it was. I mean, even when I see it and hear it, I I remember getting hit. The response was, uh, which was perfect. Because then when I slug him back, it's like he he and he did. He pulled. You know, that made me very angry <laughs> <laughs> to get hit in the jaw. You know, so um, so it's all kinds of. You know, there are all kinds of elements that. You hope make a scene happen and work, and um, and that Tommy again was very uh, steady and um, calm and supportive. 
and and pretty much only said what he meant to say. You know, he, Tommy's one of these people. He doesn't just jabber. You know, there's a lot of people that just jabber. I kind of just jabber. I'm not proud of it, but <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> but Tommy doesn't jabber. Tommy says what he means, and then he's done talking. <laughs> so, so that's actually quite wonderful because you know exactly where you stand with what it is that you're doing. Um, when, when she, when Joyce was starting to break out of her shell a little bit, when uh, she has those first two um, tenants that come in, and uh, you get to do that little bit of the uh, you can't have a cookie because you're too fat, was was Joyce intentionally being mean or was she just being uh, kind of trying being jovial without understanding the social cues of? That may not be the nicest thing to say. Well, he wasn't very nice to her. Yeah, that she correct. was totally responding. He said, this is my room. And I said, well, this is my house. And these are my cookies. <laughs> you know, no, so she, she took it all very literally. It wasn't she was being mean. And she was saying he should only eat one because he's a little fat. She's very frank. I mean, she, she was also retaliating in some way because he was very disrespectful to her. Mm-hmm. But that's how she. That would be how she would respond. That would be how she would protect protect herself. And that she was that just is being one honest. of my favorite moments of that whole movie. It's just, it was so perfect. I I, I really like it myself. <laughs> and again, that was you know these are my this this was me. I mean, I feel very proud of the way I um, invest in in the character that I'm creating, and, and I. It sort of, if you let it, it sort of creates itself if you set yourself up correctly. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those, this, this had that feeling to it. You know, even with the coming up the stairs, left, right, 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 right. You know, she kind of turned it into a little song. And that was also just sort of, that was Joyce. Joyce kind of emerged. I mean, she really did. I gave her, I gave her a heartbeat and she kind of took over. A lot of your performance really reminded me of uh, my mother when I see her with my daughter. Uh, wow. A lot of the same, a lot of the same thing. So it was very, it was it was interesting watching it. Cause I can't watch any of these films with my daughter, so I kind of have to segregate myself in my studio and, and right. watch everything. But just watching that, I was like, it's <laughs> it's so uncanny just to watch these same little gestures and these these same things that my mother does with my daughter. It was just That's very it was heartwarming. At the same time, I was like, could my, could my mother be terrifying? <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I don't want to spoil the ending for people that are, that are going to, to see it, but where do you see Joyce going after her um, emergence from her shell? Um, that's a great question. I don't really know because I haven't really thought about where does she go. Um, you know, she may end up at a Motel 6 somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and use their swimming pool and come home. I mean, I don't I, I, I whether she really ever makes it to uh to anywhere. You know, she's got a little bit of money. We, you know, we sort of figured that out that the money where the money comes from, um which is, you know, sort of shown in the film. And so she's got some money, but not knowing anything. I mean, that's actually a very funny idea, that she really never gets anywhere. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe that's the sequel. You know, she ends up at a Motel 6 <laughs> at the airport. You know, they get the, get the, cab, the driver takes her to the airport 
but she doesn't have any idea where the plane is. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, it depends how how much she really has learned about the world, because that's a big trip to get ready mm-hmm. to go to Europe, you know, by yourself. Or um, she's got luggage, but you know, actually, it's a very that's actually a very interesting thought. I should mention it to Tommy. Um, she didn't even have a passport, I don't think. So I was yeah, exactly. Kind of like, well, how would she know how to get a passport? <laughs> She's just going to board a random plane and end up somewhere. (laughs) Really? Really? (laughs) She just is at the gate (laughs) and convinces people to let her on the plane because she's got a ticket somewhere. I mean, she's going someplace, I think, but whether she really ends up going anywhere particular. So um, your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to see a sequel where she sets up her own bed and breakfast and just casually offs people to take right. their money to, <laughs> to perpetrate but, you know, her. All, but it, all kinds of things could happen because she's not a killer. I mean, she's not, you know, she's not. She, mm-hmm. that, that's something I didn't want people, that, that was what I didn't like about the first script. I think what my idea was to show what people can be driven to do in an unstable situation where they're fighting for their life. You know, I mean, she really was fighting for her life in a way. And, um, you know, it was like when people asked me sort of for a log line, for me the log line was it's a woman's descent into madness, you know, based on her circumstances. You know, it was not like she was a psychotic, I I mean, I don't, I never for a moment thought of her as a psychotic killer. You know, she hated that woman next door because she had a reason to, and she was finally (laughs) able to express it. You know, when things are bottled up in people, Good things do not happen. I think if she had any knowledge of the outside world, it probably wouldn't have worked as a story. But she needed that that naivety to kind of shield her from whatever action she did take. It made it right. more or less forgivable. Right. Well, that's, yeah, really. And not really, but sort of. You know that. Yeah, she, no, she was. She did not. She did not operate out of hatred. Really, it was mm-hmm. out of impulse. You know, it was. Because she finally was allowed to have impulses. Was it liberating for you in any sense once uh, once the film wrapped and and you got to play this character? Did you feel a bit freer? <laughs> um, not really. I mean, you know, it's it's. I mean, work is always it's hard. I mean, acting is not mm-hmm. so easy, and the you know the this was a wonderful set of circumstances in the sense that. I was staying in a nice situation in Sedona, and you know, again, everything was very well organized. We had good food. You know, everything was made as amicable and and comfortable as possible. Um, the work is uh, taxing in some ways, but it's also very fulfilling. I mean, adrenaline is is your friend. It tires you out, but it also exhilarates you. So, there there was nothing about this film that made me go. Phew, I'm I'm glad I'm going home. I mean, it, there really was not at all. Um, I've had that happen, you know, where I, when we did the uh, third Insidious, I think it was the third one, which uh, was a very depressing release. I mean, it started out where we sort of figured out that she was, or at least this was what I discussed with Lee Winnell, is that she's basically agoraphobic in the beginning, and it was very emotionally taxing. 
um, a lot of very emotional scenes. And also the last one had that same. Um, actually, it was the last one that was the toughest for me because it was also a six-week shoot, and I worked every day but three. And it was a very emotionally charged story, as as I'm sure you, uh, if you saw it. Um, yep. But goes back into my past also. And um, I was really exhausted at the end of it. My last question um, is for the people that are trying to start their careers in Hollywood, um, what would be your advice to those people? Oh, boy, that's, that's a tough question. My advice really is um, I would say if you're an actor, make sure you've, you're studying, that you're doing something that uh, gives you a little bit of a release valve also in, in terms of your emotion, emotions and learning how to learning how to break down the story and the script. Um, if you're a beginner actor, if you're an actor who's you know been around for a while and you're trying to break into Hollywood, you've got to have um, a lot of balls. <laughs> you've got to be unafraid to, to check in with people. Um, it's very different, too, now than it was probably when I was just getting started. Uh, you know, my... I did theater in New York for many years, for uh, almost 10 years before I even, I never even entertained the idea of coming out to Hollywood. I, I really didn't. And I was never, so it's hard for me to give, to chart anybody, give anybody um, an example of how to chart their course, because I think you have to kind of find your own. You have to know what it is you want. Um, if it's to get into films, you, I mean, these, there's different situations to network with people, to make, you know, to, even to make a short film for yourself. There's so many avenues that I didn't have, which is, you know, the iPhone. I mean, you can shoot a little film for yourself. Do, you know, even if it's monologues, there's now a lot of self, this whole self-taping. I didn't have that when I was getting myself started here. Um, I was very fortunate because I had done all this theater in, in New York and, um, I put together a little reel. I can't even remember, um, but it was. I, I think I had a couple TV things, small TV things. I can't even remember. Um, one. Oh, I do remember. One was um, a, a little job for WGBH, which is public broadcasting, um, that I got to play an immigrant woman with Piper Laurie, who. Those of you who are a little bit older or who know um, this wonderful, wonderful actress from the 50s and 60s, um, and she was quite famous, is quite famous still. Um, I don't think she's living any longer. She, you know what? I don't even know that answer. Um, but she played, um, she played Margaret Sanger, which is interesting. It's very appropriate right now, isn't it, um, <laughs> about birth control, that there was no birth control. Yeah. And um, this, I played the part of this woman who had tried to give an abortion to herself. No kidding. We should probably put that show back on the air right now. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, she dies. She she kills herself by trying to trying to get rid of this baby. And um, it was it was a good scene, you know. So I put something of myself on on film. Actually, we didn't. You know, this was a long time ago. I came out to. California in 1977, and I have a long story of how why I came out here. Um, but I when I came, I brought a tape with me. I came out to meet Jack Nicholson. 
um, I flew myself out overnight because he had expressed interest in me for Going South, which was a film that he did in the seven in '77 with Danny DeVito and John Belushi and Chris Lloyd. A, a wonderful western. It's hilarious. It's still a wonderful little film. And so he, I guess this this is a, uh, an example of what you have to be able to have the courage to do. You have to have a lot of courage and belief in what it is you want and what you can do. Um, he had they'd been in New York and I missed I missed meeting him and it was for a little he saw my picture somewhere it was one of those fluky things it might have been the Academy Players even um, which was a directory of actors and he was probably looking through it or whatever and my my picture maybe caught his eye so they said he wasn't coming back to New York so I wrote him a note and I enclosed a bunch of photos, other photographs of myself, and just wrote him a very nice note. Dear Mr. Nicholson, thank you for your interest. Here's some additional photos. Um, P.S. I plan to be in Los Angeles for a short visit in the next couple of weeks, which was totally bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and he responded. He said, I would love to meet Lynn Shea when she gets to Los Angeles. So I flew out, and literally the next morning, I flew out to L.A., and um, and met him and got one line in the movie and was in Mexico for two weeks with all those people and and that was sort of how I started. But what it did was confirm to me proactive proactivity. Write that down big <laughs> somewhere. Don't be afraid to do anything if you do it with with um, with an open heart and with uh, kind of grit with grace and with um, respect, that mm-hmm. everybody will respond to that. Don't be a bully. Don't try and push your way in and, yeah, I'm going to do this. You know, everybody goes, yeah, right, you're going to do it, not in my office or not. Um, <laughs> it, but if you if you approach things with diligence and respect and total persistence, you know, if you give up, you give up. Then, you you know, I mean, think good things can happen even if you give up, but bottom line is, be organized, make lists of people, of casting people you would like to approach, write letters. Now with, again, with, the, you know, a, a self-tape, if, you, if you're trying to meet casting people, they're open to new actors. I mean, they really are. Again, it depends how you approach people. You're not going to get a yes from a lot, but you, maybe out of 20, you'll get one, one meeting. Well, one meeting is better than no meeting, and that meeting will mm-hmm. precipitate another meeting. So you got to just start somewhere and just keep, you know, don't let go of the balloon string. You just got to keep um, being persistent, being polite, but know what you want and and um, and don't give up. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. You, you do not give up. Keep looking for avenues. Be brave re- and respectful. Those would be the two words I would pull out of that whole conversation. Lynn, thank you very much for, for talking to me today. I, I really appreciate it. I've, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. and oh. I cannot As you can tell, I love talking, and I love talking <laughs> about what I do because I can't, believe I'm, I can't believe I've had success, and that's the truth. I love what I do, and I, I love it the same way I did when I first started. I'm, I have some, some just appetite to investigate my own my own world through other people, uh, and as an actor, I guess that's what's of value, you know. And I mean, it, it, that just keeps me. 
I mean, I, I get as excited and scared, by the way. I'm always terrified, by the way. <laughs> I'm always scared to death because what if I don't do a good job? I mean, it's scary. You put yourself out there. So I hope, um, thank you for the wonderful interview and for your kind words and your um, appreciation of my work. I, that means a ton to me, Mike. You're very welcome. Thank you again, Lynn. And I, I can't wait to see what else uh, what else you have for us in the future. Well, I got a good thing that just got that just got published today. Um, I'm going to be on a Showtime series. Uh, Penny Dreadful is doing a fourth season. Oh, that's right. It is coming and back. I, and I've got a fantastic role. So uh, can you re- can you tell us anything about it, or are you under NDA? Yeah, no, it's 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 in it's in deadline today and everything. Yeah, I play oh. a Nazi hunter. 1938, New York City, Detroit. Uh, 1938, Los Angeles, California. Um, it's it's shooting here in L.A. It's about the world of Los Angeles when when Nazism was still a part of our lives. And you know, want to know what? It's pretty current. I'm so horrified what's going on right now. Not to get into a political discussion, but I'm horrified. That's all I can say. And this is this it's, this is it's understandable. About, Holy cow. And this is about a woman who fights against that. She's I play an eighty year old woman. I'm excited. Do you, do you get a special Dottie, uniform Mi- Dottie Mintner and I work with Nathan Lane. I don't know if you know who Nathan yeah. Lane is. It's in it's in deadline today, so you I'm not saying I was I've just now been allowed to talk about it, so 